1: What
0: up, Montana? Hope you're feeling as good as I'm feeling. What an outstanding 4th of July weekend. And We're happy to be back in the saddle here. It's Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Check it out. We got new microphone logos here. Northwest Motorsport, the proud sponsor of the Nuanez Now and ESPN Missoula Studios. Head on down to Northwest Motorsport, the corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You want to take in the show, either uh, via streaming or via the YouTube, head on over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. That's where you'll find the stream. Or you can go to YouTube, N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you there. Keep on building that YouTube subscriber stuff. I, I'm liking that. I'm seeing you, everybody's engaging. There, there's people streaming the show after hours. I know I don't look that good, but it's a good look for you guys doing the YouTube for us. Thanks to Tommy and Reese for getting that all set up as well. You want to call me, text me, you want to be a part of this show, 888-1029. That's 888-1029, 406-888-1029. You're going to want to remember that. Because we have some free Taglieri Deli for you. A little later on it is a Taglieri Tuesday, presented by Taglieri Delicatessen and anybody that joins in on the show, whether it's a call or a text, eight eight eight-1029. Our guests will join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line. Ton of stuff to get to. I got a little notebook for everything that happened over the weekend. If you've been paying attention, we were off Friday and Monday, so a couple just quick hitting pieces of news here. About five minutes, Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com, and our go-to NBA insider is going to join us. He's been watching the playoffs in full force. The NBA Finals starts tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks against the Phoenix Suns. An incredibly unlikely scenario, but one I much look forward to. A good friend of this show making another appearance, Anthony Nachreiner. He was formerly the program director, sports director at KGEZ up in Calspell, Hosted a daily radio show up there for about five years. He's back in Florida, but he's continuing to do a bunch of content on Class AA sports, particularly Class AA football. And uh, his podcast is very good, very informative. So the Knack will swing on by and give us some insight into high school football at about 4.30. We also have some 4th of July stories for you as well as, of course, the Larry Tuesday where we give you one lucky winner $25 gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen in Missoula. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, will join us at the top of the hour. We're going to talk partly Major League Baseball, partly the Missoula Paddleheads and their outstanding start to the season. Just nine days left in the first half. And the Missoula Paddleheads are in first place in the Pioneer League North Division as they head out on the road for a six-game road trip uh, this week. So Jeff will be kind enough to swing on by and give us all the insight into this team and, and what they got going on. We also have our Treasure State Stars, which we do each and every Tuesday, presented by Parkside Credit Union, where I highlight some of the best athletes from around the state of Montana, some of the best performances from the week that was. And we got some good ones this week as well. It's supposed to be quote-unquote slow time of the year, but it's not. A lot of athletic stuff going on, uh, a lot of newsworthy things, and so we'll get to a lot of that. But we do start this coming off of what was an outstanding weekend. I thought the 4th of July might be a little weird being on a Sunday, but it turned out to be an awesome um, stretch of time. I loved having a couple days off. I I was lucky enough to spend the weekend up at Flathead Lake which was an outstanding time as well. Tommy, do anything fun? What'd you do over the fourth of July? I said I know you said you, you drank some coffee and ate some pizza, which seems like yeah. status quo for you.
3: Yeah, uh, we just kinda hung around. Uh you know, what we actually did was get the bikes out, and rather than like going to park somewhere to watch fireworks, fight the people, do the whole thing, we just cruised up and down like Missoula's just like huge biking trail system. And watch fireworks from here, there, wherever. Stop to you know have a beer, get a slice of pizza, whatever. Uh, the great thing for me was that Mickey D's was open, so we did end the night with a 40 pack of chicken McNuggets and two <laughs> large fries. Oh, nothing better, man, than some chicken nuggets in your 4th of July night. You're sweating. It's hot. Pack on the grease-filled food. <laughs> oh, baby. It was really, really, really nice.
0: Tommy is also a proud member of the trail staff. So after you're done with Nuanas now tonight, to switch it up one notch on the dial, you're listening to 1029 ESPN Missoula. Tommy will be on 1033 The Trail. Uh, starting at 6 p.m. tonight. It's the new show. That's right. Go check out Tommy's uh, great selections of some of the best new music uh, from around everywhere. I mean, he gets CDs and and submissions from uh, pretty much everywhere on the planet, basically. Uh, Also, a remote coming up on Saturday on the trail. It's the second annual Miles of Music hosted by the Montana Area Musician Association. That is MAMA, for those that like acronyms, from 2 to 5 p.m., Uh, along the milwaukee trail which is right by my house between the madison street bridge and the orange street bridge the trail will be live uh for the from the event with giveaways yeah that'll be me you're the one doing it it's going to be great uh so great thanks to all the sponsors from the trail art attic first security bank the roxy pangea big sky pr imagination brewing and missoula in motion all sorts of great performers you can find all those on the mama website and the trail website as well uh so we're looking forward to that as well as a great idea last year where we didn't have much live music so we came up with this idea that was sort of a social distanced and and safe idea for people to watch music along the greater milwaukee trail uh and we're carrying it over so uh the one name that sticks out elijah jaleel have you seen this kid tommy Oh yeah! Amazing. He rips, man. He was he was he's a great singer. He's a great songwriter, and uh, he's he's awesome, man. I, I saw him at one of the food truck gatherings uh, during last summer, and uh, really talented. So there's a bunch of guys, uh, a bunch of artists, I should say, uh, that will uh, be participating in this. is now one hundred ESPN Missoula. But uh, back to just a couple somber notes before we get to Brooks Nuana's uh, here in about oh two two and a half minutes. Bruce Parker. If you don't know the name, I don't really know how. He was involved in sports in pretty much every way you could be involved in sports in the state of Montana. He's in five, count them, five Hall of Fames uh, for his work as an athletic director, a sports information director, and everything in between. He passed away over the weekend. Bruce was a... Proud member of the Montana Football Hall of Fame Board of Directors. Uh, He emceed our event in Billings a couple times. He also was uh, the Athletic Director at Carroll College and Rocky Mountain College. Uh, He's been fighting some kidney stuff for a long time. Uh, He has diabetes, and and he had a kidney transplant, and then it... uh, he, uh, he, he's been struggling for a long time, so he passed away at the age of 64. So we we wish the best to his family. A uh, life well lived. We'll definitely follow up with Bruce here, um, on Bruce momentarily. Um, also, Willie Beeman, long time coach around the city of Missoula, was uh, the head coach of the Missoula Phoenix, the semi-pro football team. Also helped out of Missoula Helga. He also passed away, also at the age of 64. Uh, so thoughts to both of those guys, because they were both... Larger than life characters, both really good to me. I only really knew them in a professional capacity with me as the interviewer and them as as the interviewee, but uh, I enjoyed my time with both of those guys. They both had a big influence on the sporting world uh, in the state of Montana. Brooks Duan SkylineSportsMT.com. I'm going to join us here in just a couple seconds. Claire Kovach, she's from Sealy Swan High School. She was most recently named the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year in track and field. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. And uh, then the last piece of news from over the weekend, a lot of news coming out of the 4th of July weekend, but Lindsay Hall, the, perhaps one of the greatest female athletes to come out of the city of Missoula, especially recently, but maybe ever, as she is back with the Grizz Track and Field program. So Lindsay Hall, one of the great both prep and collegiate athletes uh, in track and field. She was a six-time state champion in high school at Missoula Big Sky, four other runner-up finishes as well, and uh, then she was a multiple-time All-American and a multiple-time record setter at the University of Montana in the multi-athlete sports, both the heptathlon and the pentathlon. She broke and rebroke the women's pentathlon, or excuse me, heptathlon record during the outdoor seasons during her her career. So, Lindsey Hall back in the fold with the Grizz. Brooks Nuana is now joining us. We go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line to welcome him in. He is my go-to guy at MT.com. By the way, MT.com, we printed our five-part series. I was lucky enough to go to the uh, NCAA basketball tournament in Indianapolis this year. Took in 14 games in four days. Took Uh, copious about a notes and turned it into what turned into a a massive project, a a five-part series. So I was working on it, working on it, working on it. Finally, I decided to roll it out over the Uh, long weekend so four of the five parts are published the fifth one will be live tonight so if you need some additional reading or you want a fun story about a couple montana boys in indy go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. but brooks is here to talk more importantly about a couple other issues we're going to talk about a little bit about the name image and likeness uh, rule that was passed uh, last week and uh, but more importantly mostly about the nba file so brooks thanks so much for being with us how was your fourth of july weekend
2: Absolutely, man. Yeah, 4th of July was great. One of my favorite times of year. Uh, kind of fell on a funny day with a Sunday. Uh, but overall, it was it was a great time. Had some a lot of rain and then some great evening weather. So it was wonderful.
0: You and I have been exchanging messages on the Twitter machine as we are prone to do. And one thing we've been really, uh, it's been sort of this avalanche, this windfall. It's only been six days and this has already uh, become just a whirlwind across college sports. Two weeks ago, the Supreme Court rules unanimously, nine to nothing, that the NCAA and therefore its member schools can no longer inhibit, or regulate, or ban the play, the 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 pay of college athletes. Then on July first, this goes into effect. Goes into effect in twelve different states immediately. But also, there's a lot of gray area here in the rule. We're not here to dissect the rule or the Supreme Court ruling as it was. But rather, I just want to get a quick thought from you, Brooks, because we've seen this blow up across Twitter, across social media. Big time athletes, or any athletes really of that matter, uh, are all shopping their services in terms of their ability to be a brand promoter, and endorser, things like that. Uh, You sent me a tweet about Spencer Rattler, uh, the quarterback from Oklahoma who's making $125 per Twitch video. He's already made thousands of dollars just in the week that this has been live. So uh, I know that there's This is an ever-evolving circumstance, and this is going to have so many positives and so many negatives that there really is no way to fully decipher this until we have been in this climate for an extended period of time. But here we are just six days in. Your thoughts on name, image, and likeness at the collegiate athletics level?
2: I think it's very interesting. Uh, It's a slippery slope in a lot of good ways and a lot of bad ways. Uh, It's really hard to project how it will all play out One of the interesting things I've seen is large companies such as Bleacher Report and several different talent agencies uh, starting to promote NIL, name, image, and likeness, starting to sign athletes to what I would perceive as contracts, which I would love to look through, um, the most interesting one I saw was a gym that has seven locations throughout Florida is offering every single University of Miami football players $6,000 excuse me, to promote their gym, a total access fitness style of gym. Uh, so $545,000 in total commitment of marketing just to any University of Miami football player. It seems like a pretty good re- recruiting pitch, and the coaches don't even have to spend a dollar of university money. I think it changes the landscape in many ways very early still, so we'll see how it plays out. Um, again, a slippery slope, I think, in, in a lot of ways that could be scary for the idea of what amateur athletics means.
0: We are going to continue to dissect this. I actually imagine we will probably talk about this at the very least weekly, if not daily, on this show for the foreseeable future. Uh, but the one point that I want to reemphasize is I've seen a take on Twitter from the old guard, a lot of the people that analyze the financial portion of sports in general, guys like Darren Ravelle and people like that, uh, and it seems to be that their sentiment, their common sentiment is that Performance will equal endorsement because that's sort of how it's been at the professional level. Well, to me, I think that's so short-sighted. I think if you're a collegiate athlete that knows how to market yourself to the proper channels and the proper people, I think quite literally every single college athlete in the country that plays a revenue sport and or comes from a town where there's any sort of hometown pride will be able to monetize their name, image, and likeness. It seems to me that it won't matter if you're a seventh-string defensive end from Stevensville, Montana. If you've got somebody that's in your corner and you know how to sell yourself, you can get a little bit of money from them. Are you going to be getting paid outrageous amounts of money, tens of thousands of dollars? Definitely not. But I do think there's an opportunity for uh, monetization, literally no matter who you are, if you know how to operate that. And then what does that do then to the landscape of college athletics? It remains to be seen. Brooks Nuan is joining us here on Nuana's Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching it in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. All right, Brooks, let's talk NBA playoffs. The matchup is set. Game one is tonight. It's the Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks. The Suns into the NBA Finals for the first time since 1993. Oh, by the way, that's when Charles Barkley had the best season of his career as the MVP of the NBA. And that then led into one of the great duels in the history of the NBA Finals. The numbers for Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley in that 93 Finals, iconic. And uh, sort of something that gets lost in the lore of this whole thing because those two guys were coming off of the first run of the Dream Team in the Summer Olympics the year prior. Charles Barkley talks extensively in Jack McCollum's book about the Dream Team, about how that ignited his uh, his desire to prove that he was the best player in the world, even on top of Michael Jordan. Then he went out and did it and led the Suns of the NBA Finals in an MVP season. But that was a generation or more ago. Meanwhile, you have the Milwaukee Bucks into the NBA Finals for the first time since they were led by guys named Llewell Cinder and Oscar Robertson. It's been a full 50 years since the Milwaukee Bucks were into the NBA Finals. I know, Brooks, you and I both love the NBA. We dive into this, uh, and we know all the players, and and so uh, the intricacies of our fandom of this— are well stated on this show. And so I know you and I are both looking forward to this NBA Finals. But what do you think of this matchup from a broad perspective? Because on one hand, you do have some some good rising stars like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. You have an established name like Chris Paul. But also you have the Milwaukee Bucks, a small market team, that's missing their superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo, at least for now. So what do you think of just the overall matchup of this Finals, just in terms of maybe the exposure that the NBA might garner here these next couple weeks?
2: Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think it's great for the league to get some new blood in there. We, we've we talked a lot uh, extensively in college athletics as well as pros. We call it the blue bloods. So the, the teams that are always around, the New York Na- Yankees of the world. Sometimes it's nice to see a smaller market team like the Milwaukee Bucks make a run to the finals. As you mentioned, hopefully an uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo can play this series. I think that there's a chance. I think that they're quite hopeful for it. I thought his injury was pretty significant. You know, I had put his the chance of an ACL tear there quite high when I saw it. It reminded me a ton of Joel Embiid, uh, who missed 20-plus games this season with a very similar injury. Uh, hopefully Giannis comes back because I think that, that will put some legitimacy on this. On this title, I think across the board, no matter what, there'll be legitimacy the because of the challenges of the short off season, the challenges of a COVID ridden um, bubble season last year, plus this season as well, dealing with the pandemic through and through. So, no matter what, the, the, the trip to this finals was well deserved and earned by both these teams. But I think if Giannis gets back, it'll, it'll add a little bit of that star power. Chris Middleton, the small forward for the Milwaukee Bucks, is such a good player, an all star this year. He's going to play on the Olympic team but not necessarily a household name when it comes to stardom. So I think that when Giannis comes back, he gives a little bit, little, little bit more legitimacy to the idea of superstars and the big bright lights of the NBA Finals. But watching Chris Paul and his fifth team turn the Suns around, who, as you mentioned, have not made the playoffs for years, let alone made a run in the playoffs, it's great to see Chris Paul make his first finals of his career as well as have a really good chance to win it. I love, the, I love that core of, of, of Chris Paul Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. I think it's one of the more talented teams as well as you know, a really a deep bench for, for some guys that maybe not aren't household names like campaign. So I love where the Suns are at right now. We hope that Giannis can get back and, and create a good series. But overall, I think it's great for the NBA to get some new blood in there as well as have the back-to-back MVP who finished third this year in Giannis Antetokounmpo get a chance to really pro- progress his legacy into that stratosphere with a, with a title win, let alone the title run is great for them.
0: For the Bucks and Giannis as well. Brooks Nuanas, Sky as well as our go to guy when we're talking NBA playoffs this summer. Joining me, Colter Nuanas here on Nuanas now. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio from the Missoula Broadcasting Company here in Missoula, Montana. A text from uh, a recently loyal listener who also happens to be one of Brooks and I's best friends and a guy that used to live in Milwaukee. Uh, He's one of the biggest Ray Allen fans I ever met and uh, definitely a true, authentic Milwaukee Bucks fan. This is no bandwagon for him, but he texts in just Bucks and six. So Paul, thanks so much for texting in. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, But uh, it is going to be interesting to see. We're going to get to the Bucks side of this thing. Can they navigate this without Giannis if he happens to be out. They, they did take care of business in the Eastern Conference Finals without him for the majority of the series, but part of that was catered to the fact that Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks was also out. But let's talk about the Suns first, Brooks, because to me, I find it actually sort of ironic that at the beginning of this decade, when LeBron James made his move uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Miami Heat infamously, and, and there was this whole narrative that began about super teams, and then the Golden State Warriors actually built a greater super team, initially at least through the draft, than Miami or Boston or any of these recent super teams ever could. And then, of course, there was the Kevin Durant saga, that which resulted in the Warriors then being spun as a super team. But this also went, the super team phenomenon coincided with the art of tanking. And the Philadelphia 76ers had this whole plan, and It seemed as if the plan was about to come to fruition with the Sixers finishing with the best record in the East this year. Joel Embiid finishing as the runner-up for NBA MVP. But here the Sixers are awash again uh, in negative publicity, wondering what they're going to do with Ben Simmons. And in the meantime, the Phoenix Suns actually did this more efficiently and better than anybody in the league has over the last 10 years. The Suns had a three-year run where they had the worst record over a three-year stretch in the history of the NBA. It wasn't talked about that much because they were not touting the tanking elements of their franchise. They also happened to reside in Phoenix, which is a much less aggressive and uh, scrutinizing media market than Philadelphia, of course. But here we are now, though, with this team that missed the playoffs for 10 years in a row. They had the th- worst three-year stretch in the history of the league in the in the midst of all that they acquired some of the best assets that are available in the nba whether you're talking about devin booker or deandre ayton mikhail bridges uh Camp Payne, cam johnson all these guys so brooks the the sons were were widely spun as a team that really had no opportunity to ever do anything as long as robert sarver was the owner instead now they sort of broke the mold for what is uh you know, sort of the art of tanking and how it can work out for you. So what do you think of just the way, what are the factors that have gone into Phoenix building this squad like they have?
2: Well, it's a lot. I mean, it starts at the front office and I, I, it's always interesting when you see a front office who tanks to accumulate picks and to try to gain depth with young players. And then that GM who did all that work gets outed. And that's what happened with the Suns. you know, Ryan McDonough was the, was the GM for five years during most of that tanking. And then, Recently, I think in 2018, James Jones was named GM, uh, former Heat player, one of the better uh, spot shooters of his generation. Yep. And he he won the, the general manager of the year this year. And I think that James Jones has completely changed that culture. He's been a part of championship cultures. It's really helps when the front office is has that experience, Um, but you also have to get, there's some luck to getting Devin Booker to fall a little bit in the draft, which I don't think he fell, but in retrospect, Devin Booker's now one of the better shooters in the league, one of the better shot creators in the league, right around that top 20 style player, Uh, you didn't know that after one year coming out of Kentucky, but then you also have to, you have to make it right when you take DeAndre Ayton in a draft that has Luka Doncic as well as Trey Young, you take DeAndre Ayton number one. And for the first two years of his career, you wonder if that was the right pick. He struggles. He can't really find a lot of uh, of chemistry with Ricky Rubio, um, who they've since shipped off to the Jazz and a, and a couple different teams since then. DeAndre Ayton now with Chris Paul has had this this uprising, this, this resurgence of what we saw as a prospect now is coming to fruition as a pro. And DeAndre Ayton, he has mentioned several different times how the best thing that's happened to his career has been Chris Paul. So how do you make it right when you tank and you get a couple assets like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, Once you can see that crystal ball kind of start to come to fruition, you go out and you get a a veteran like Chris Paul. So uh, the idea of the front offices, the idea of James Jones really changing that culture and going and getting a guy like Chris Paul, hats off to that entire organization of seeing what they have with some of those young players. What are they missing? Jay Crowder. Pay him not a veteran minimum. Actually pay him a pretty solid contract. He is a pest on the defensive end. He can hit shots. I love that kind of that idea that the Bucks have P.J. Tucker and the Suns have Jay Crowder. Those are the two, some of the, the two of the dirtiest workers in the league. The guys that get down on defense, the guys that can hit shots in transition, the guys that are not afraid to scrap it up. Both teams have that, and it seems fitting that they both are in the in the championship. But yeah, hats off to the Suns as far as the way that they built this thing. It did take that final power move to get Chris Paul. It'll be interesting to see if they keep him after this year.
0: Brooks Nuanas joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on is Now, talking all things NBA on ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. And I do think, Brooks, we've talked extensively the last few weeks about Chris Paul's legacy and the way that this affects Chris Paul's legacy. And now here he is in the championship uh, series for the first time in his career. I think that solidifies him as certainly one of the better, if not one of the best point guards of all time. I think he could uh, really pass in terms of the hierarchy of the game. Uh, some pretty famous names if he was to secure a championship, including a guy like Charles Barkley. I think that their their legacies would have to be sort of paralleled. A guy like Kevin Garnett, guys like that. You know, maybe he surpasses a guy like John Stockton definitively if he gets a championship. But to me, one of the parts about the the Chris Paul legacy that I think is sort of been adjusted by this. Um, these last several weeks. But this season overall is exactly what you're talking about. The leadership, the development of DeAndre Ayton, the development of Devin Booker, how important Chris Paul has been to that development. And then you look at Chris Paul's career. And I think that this situation at the back end end of his career on first of all is one of the great uh, finales to anybody's career i mean it's it's right up there with John Elway leading the Broncos to back-to-back Super Bowls in the twilight of his career we've never really seen this in the NBA where a guy has an opportunity to stamp his legacy not just as a sort of contributing member to a championship team not just getting a ring late but rather As an All-NBA player, uh, I mean, Chris Paul was second-team All-NBA this year and finished fourth in the MVP voting. So it's not as if he's some sort of slouch, or it's not as if it was everybody else carrying the load. He was still carrying the load for this team. But I think that this, more than anything, solidifies that when Chris Paul has guys that are willing to let him lead, like he did early in his career when he was leading guys like David West and Morris Peterson to heights unseen with the Hornets, And then later in his career, with the Thunder last year, a team that was not supposed to be uh, any sort of a playoff contender, but then gets into the playoffs and and performs admirably in the first round. And then this year, I think it basically points to the fact that the the situations that he had, Chris Paul had, with both the Clippers and the Rockets were a lot more toxic than maybe people gave them credit for. And that Chris Paul maybe was robbed of some of the better years of his career because he was dealing with uh, the tumult of dealing with Blake Griffin and all his injuries and all the drama that comes with it and, you know, everything in between with, you know, the personalities that were on those Clippers teams and Doc Rivers' sort of inability to manage all those things. So, I mean, Brooks, do you feel like this the leadership element that Chris Paul has has brought to the table here now as his career dwindles down, that's got to be one of the parts that has been redefining more than any other factor here when you talk about the way Chris Paul will be remembered someday?
2: Absolutely. I mean, one of the greatest leaders the game's ever seen, if not the greatest. I think that that's part of... When you talk about Charles Barkley... you. We've talked about some names that kind of fit in that next category of the all time's great Charles Barkley, Kevin Garnett, Carl Malone, that was what you and I we talked about just recently. Chris Paul to me needs more of a team. And he needs someone that, that he he needs a team that he's able to lead. So that is there's a lot of factors that go into that. Some of those other guys, if you put Carl Malone on a team what's not with not John Stockton, and maybe with no one else, I think that that team will be pretty good. If you put Kevin Garnett on a team by himself, I think that he takes that team to the playoffs. Um, I don't know if that's true with Chris Paul. So that's the part of how do we define that a little bit ambiguous when we talk when it comes to teammates, How's, how, the, one of the best team players around. Chris Paul has never been on a team except his first year um, in a league that has not been above 500. Every single team that he's been on five in a row have improved their winning percentage with Chris Paul arrives. So I think that's a huge portion of it. But when you talked about Chris Paul being on, on some toxic teams in Houston as well as in LA with the Clippers, I think that Chris Paul plays into some of that, talk, some of that nature of, of having a toxic environment. Chris Paul is not necessarily, uh, not that he's prone to, to being a toxic player, but Chris Paul sometimes plays into that a little bit. And for me, as an overall legacy piece, I don't think that you can necessarily discount that. I don't think that you can say as a guy who hangs his hat on being one of the best, if not the best, leader in NBA history has had those struggles with those toxic environments. Well, that's part of the legacy, and he has to take some accountability for that. So for me, we'll have to see how this finals plays out. I'm not really a ring chaser guy. You know, I don't think that Carl Malone is any less of a player because he did win a ring. Charles Barkley, the same. Uh, I don't consider one of the cool things is that Charles Barkley chased a ring. Kevin Garnett chased a ring. Kevin Garnett goes to, to to Boston and wins a ring. Charles Barkley goes to Houston, teams up with some of the greatest players of all time, trying to win a ring. Chris Paul's never chased a ring like that. He went to Houston, of course, created a little bit of a power team there. But when he goes to Oklahoma City, not by his will, he throws down. They asked him; they said he could sit and they could tank, and he said no. And he got that team to the finals or to the to the playoffs, as you mentioned, in a very admirable admirable first-round performance. But this Suns team is the same. This is not chasing a ring by going and being the best player and a big-time leader on a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a decade. That is not ring-chasing. So so impressive for his legacy to get to the finals. We'll have to see how it plays out, but right now it's definitely improved his legacy tremendously.
0: There's so many different factors, too, because I often think that when we glorify guys in their greatness, then we often demean the guys they played with to try to accentuate arguments. In other words, Charles Barkley, there's this notion that he didn't have as good of teams as some of the guys he was losing to. He didn't have as good of teams as Isaiah Thomas's Pistons or as Michael Jordan's Bulls. But in reality, Charles Barkley spent the first portion of his career playing with guys like Moses Malone and Julius Irving. Then he played with guys like Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley, and then he played with guys like Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. So a lot of good players there, and that argument could be made across the board. But uh, we'll continue to keep... Track of this conversation about Chris Paul because I do think it's an important one because he's always been one of my favorite players. But Brooks, we we'll get you out of here on this. The Milwaukee Bucks are certainly shorthanded in this series. Uh, they are certainly the definitive underdogs in this series. I don't think very many people are betting on uh, either theoretically or tangibly on Milwaukee to uh, do much more than maybe stretch this thing to six games without Giannis Antetokounmpo. So. Where are we at with the Bucks? If they were to pull a, a gigantic upset, what would it take? Do they need Giannis back, or can they figure out a way to get this done without their superstar?
2: It's crazy, man. It's a good question. I, I, I do think, clearly, that Giannis helps. You know, I mean, there's no way around that. But I love some of the matchups. I think Drew Holiday is, one of the, is, is the best defensive uh, point guard in the league. I think that matchup with Chris Paul is just going to be an absolute throwdown. I love every bit about it. I also love the idea of, What does that Brooke Lopez, DeAndre Ayton matchup look like? Because Brooke Lopez can pull you away from the rim, and Brooke Lopez can can hit the three at a high clip. And DeAndre Ayton has had five blocks in three playoff games. He's had 20 rebounds in two playoff games. What can they do to pull DeAndre Ayton away from the rim a bit? I like that matchup as well. And then Chris Middleton... Still a a very high-level score. Chris Middleton can get to spots. One of my favorite things about him is that he'll get to the same spot three possessions in a row. He'll get to 17 feet just off the elbow, and he's just nailed. He's wet, wet, wet. Everything about Chris Middleton's game I enjoy. I love the idea that if Jay Jay Crowder starts to settle in with guarding Chris Middleton and then game three maybe, let's even say game two, Giannis comes back, one of those guys is about to get loose. If Giannis is at all healthy, let's call it 75% or better, I love the idea that all of a sudden Jay Crowder might have to pop over to, to Giannis. That's a, whole, that's a lot to deal with. And all of a sudden now Chris Middleton's going to get Malik Monk or someone who someone who's may not, maybe not ready to guard at that high level of a score. So I think the Bucks have a really good chance. I would not call it um, a huge upset by any means if they were able to pull through. Um, I still lean on the Suns a little bit. I like where CP3 is. I like the momentum. I love Monty Williams, what he's done with that crew. Seems like a lot of love and a lot of chemistry there with the Suns. Uh, Mike Budenholzer has struggled some in the playoffs. We'll see if he sticks around. If he can pull this off, clearly he would. I still lean on the Suns, but I think it's closer than the books say.
0: Brooks Nuanez, joining us here on Nuanez Now. Thanks so much for making some time today, man. We'll probably catch up with you either later this week or next week, but in the meantime, be well. You're the best in the biz when it comes to the NBA. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to Brooks. The Suns. Six-point favorite tonight, 7.05 p.m. tip. We will have all of the coverage for you here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, so keep it locked right here as the right after Nuwana is now. We'll uh, just get you a little national coverage leading into the pregame, leading into then the NBA Finals. You want to go watch the NBA Finals? You want to bet on that uh, six-point spread? Head on down to the Silver Slipper. Silver Slipper has sports bet Montana kiosks as well as 55 TVs for you to watch all the action on. Whether it's the NBA Finals, the match, whatever you want. Silver Slipper will have it on for you. Drink specials every day. 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Anthony Knockriner, formerly of the Knock On Sports, he's still got the Knock On Sports podcast. They're doing a great job getting you ready for Class AA football. He'll help us get ready for the Class AA football season right after this on Newanas Now. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television.
1: now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
3: What about Los Lobos for you, man? I like Los Lobos. I do. Uh, they have such an extensive catalog, it's hard
0: to know where to start. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way to
3: put it. Um, but I,
0: I do I do like them
3: a lot. Have you watched the movie La Bamba? Of course. Okay, so I've watched Neil that Diamond movie. Diamond
0: Phillips would play my father in the movie of his life, I think. Really? I mean, sans mustache. My dad always had a killer mustache. But yeah, Lee Diamond Phillips. My, uh, my aunts always say that's, that reminds
3: me of my father. The first time I got my heart broken in my whole life <laughs> was when was when I I learned that Lou Diamond Phillips is not singing all of those songs.
0: Oh bad bummer. Yeah, Richie, killed me. Richie Valens The Day the Music Died. Ricardo man. Valenzuela. Very good. Good guy. Welcome to your music history lessons with Tommy Evans, live on ESPN Missoula. Also Nuanas is now 1029 as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Thanks so much for kicking it with me on a Tuesday. Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. couple quick hitting pieces of news from over the weekend that we'll elaborate on a little bit more as the show goes on. Lindsay Hall back in the city of Missoula. The one of the most decorated track athletes to ever come out of the Garden City. She uh, was a six-time state champion and four-time runner-up um, in the track and field at the high school level, then was a seven-time Big Sky Conference champion and a two-time All-American at the University of Montana. She returns to her alma mater of UM to replace Adam Bork as the jumps coach and multi-events coach as well. Anthony Knockriner, uh, formerly of the Knock On Sports, joining us here momentarily here on Nuanez now to talk all things Class AA football, maybe a little name, image, and likeness as well. Uh, one other piece of news for you as well, Martin Iosefo. He is a uh, former University of Montana rugby player. He actually played football for the Grizz for a m- moment in time. He's on the Olympic rugby team for the second time in a row. So former Missoula Maggots rugby player, Martin Ayasefo, onto the United States Olympic rugby team. So cool for him. Have a message in to Martin. Hopefully he can join us here on Nuanas. Now. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV full in line. you want to be involved in this conversation, you got questions for myself or Anthony Nachreiner, who joins us now. Give us a text, eight 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 one zero two nine. 1029 That's 406-1029. Eight 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 one zero two nine. got questions, comments, follow-ups, anything about Class AA football in the state of Montana. Anthony's your guy. He's got all your answers.
1: Knack, what's up, my man? How you living? How's things in Florida? I'm uh, just getting ready for it sounds like the outer bands of a tropical storm. It looks like hurricane season is deciding to really start up here in July. So. But no, I'm all good, man. It's uh, great, uh, warm weather down here and uh, lots of rain. A lot more than what you guys are getting right now.
0: We have lots to talk about with you, Anthony, including about your your new (laughs) podcast with Class AA Football and uh, maybe some thoughts on some of the best teams and best players coming into this fall. But first and foremost, I know you're a a well-educated sports guy, and this is the number one talking point in sports circles, especially in anybody that has covered or follows college athletics, and that's name, image, and likeness, the new rule that was passed less than a week ago. Uh, basically saying that all college athletes can monetize their name, image, and likeness. Uh, There's so many layers to this thing. It's going to be endlessly controversial as we continue uh, marching through uh, and navigating what is completely unknown waters. But just briefly, your thoughts on name, image, and likeness.
1: I I think this is the right way to go. I think this is probably the best way to go in terms of everybody getting um, their own money. I mean, listen, essentially now college football players can be their own Uh, reps, their own, uh, and not agents to a degree, but their own sales reps selling themselves. I think this is the best way to go. It does really prepare you for the real world, whether it's you're in sales or just trying to sell yourself to a company uh, in whatever field that people, uh, college football athletes are in. So I think this is great. I like it. Um, I think the most interesting thing is you talked about, culture, It does have a ton of layers to this, but my curiosity is, is how much free reign do athletes have? Because again, um, I know the schools, it sounds like, do have to sign off on this to a degree. So I don't think there's as much freedom as everyone thinks there might be. I think there still has to be, obviously, schools checking, okay, hey, are we okay with this? All those types of things. Because again, we're we're entering brand new territory here, and I'm sure there's going to be bumps. Uh, You know, there's going to be all kinds of things that come along with this. Uh, So for me, I think that's the most interesting part. How much freedom is there truly for these college athletes who monetize their name, image, and likeness, and how much do the schools actually have to check um, and say, okay, hey, no, you can't do that, or we err against it, stuff like that. That's really what is curious for me going forward Here is that we've, as we've been a week here, I know we've seen some athletes already do this thing, but what what's going to be next? What's going to happen if if something, somebody says no? You know what I mean?
0: I absolutely know what you mean. Anthony Nachreiner joining us on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. It's going to be, there will be lawsuits over this for sure because schools are already starting to put out rules. The Supreme Court already ruled that schools can't make rules, but there has to be rules in place for this to have any structure. And so there's there's going to be, uh, there's going to be some gray area here where like right now the University of Montana put out their policies and um, they are going to not allow student athletes to endorse things like alcohol, tobacco. Okay, I think that's fine. But then there's going to be some gray area where what happens if some schools do allow that or what what happens if some schools allow this and not that? There's going to be a lot that, that plays out here, and I think that there's no real way to predict it except for watching it to play out. So we will do exactly that. We'll circle back around on this subject. But let's talk all things Class AA football. First of all, Anthony uh, made his name here in uh, Montana as the voice of the Flathead Braves as well as uh, hosting a great daily talk radio show for a handful of years up there uh, in Kalispell, KGEZ, uh, the best sports talk there in the Flathead. And uh, you gained some pretty good acumen when it comes to Class AA football, and you're continuing to do that, continue to stay in the game a little bit with your podcast, previewing some of the Class AA action. So give the people sort of a tease on this thing. How's the podcast <laughs> been going, and, and where can they find some of your, your great uh, work as all of a sudden, wow, college, high school football, excuse me, is uh, just around the corner.
1: Uh, It's really exciting. I mean, uh, it's interesting. It's completely different. I I do one episode a week versus doing, you know, five days a week of talking, trying to figure all that out. I'm still working on uh, some things in terms of getting a board. I think I might have just figured out how to be able to do uh, interviews now uh, through my computer and everything else because, you know, when you work for a station, all the equipment's there. When you work for yourself. You gotta find all the equipment. You gotta find that it works. I've had to like return some boards already, so it's been interesting, but it, it's been fun. Um, like I said, I mean, I know I'm not in Montana anymore, uh, but Montana's still close to me. I still have a ton of contacts there, so I thought, you know what, this would still be great. I'm still kind of implementing and, and acclimating myself into uh, my old town and kind of catching up with a bunch of people uh, that I used to know when I covered this area before I moved up to Montana. But I think it's just kind of the best of both worlds. I still love AA football up there. I still know quite a few of the players, uh, the coaches as well, and obviously you guys, uh, the media as well. So I just think this would be great to, to kind of keep and keep the audience going here uh, with AA football. And there's just so much to talk about. It's just great. I mean, one thing that I love, especially this year, uh, Coulter and I know, I know we'll get into it as well. But just quarterback play uh, this year for AA football is really, really good. Between Caden uh, Hewitt, Isaiah Clonch, uh you talk about uh, Reed Harris, a junior over at Great Falls. I mean, a six foot five quarterback that can run. I mean. That's just fantastic stuff for the Bison. And so I think it's just really, really exciting, and I love talking about it. I can't wait to talk about more of the matchups. I've already been breaking down schedules as well. i got the Western AA Conference uh, schedule breakdown coming out this Friday. I did the East last week. And I'll also put out my uh, 1-16 through hardest uh, schedule ranking for all Class AA football teams uh, this Friday as well. And it's still a lot of the same places. Uh, Apple Podcasts, the Podbean as well. Uh, People can find me on uh, Spotify as well as uh, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, So anywhere people are downloading podcasts, you can find the Knockout Sports Show. And so, like I said, it's uh, great to continue to do this. Obviously not as frequently as I once was, five days a week, but... Still putting out an episode uh, every week is is great, and it kind of keeps me glued in to keep doing broadcasting.
0: Got to love it. Anthony Knockranger joining us here on Nuanas Now, here's what we're going to do, because I have several different uh, angles I want to address with the Knock and continue to talk about his Class AA podcast. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Keep it right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. What's up, Montana? Welcome back in to Nuwana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, your favorite daily sports talk show. You can also find us on SWX Montana Television each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studios. Go check out Northwest Motorsport. New to Missoula, they boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest you can also check out all that inventory at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Our conversation with Anthony Knockreiner, the Knock On Sports. was a great show up in the Flathead for the last handful of years. He's now doing a Class AA football podcast. And so, Anthony, let's start this conversation right here in Missoula. The defending champions of the Class AA level, Sentinel Spartans. They went undefeated a year ago, won the first state championship in not one but two generations at Missoula Sentinel. But they lose a handful, a variety of key contributors. I think seven guys go into play at the Division One level. that are no longer with the Spartans. So what is your outlook for Missoula Sentinel heading into the 2021 season?
1: When I look at Sentinel, the question obviously is, is what they do a quarterback, and what I've been hearing is it sounds like it's going to be Zach Cruz. Now, Zach Cruz was the first team all-state tight end, defensive end as well, so you're talking about a loss of production at least. I mean, I know they've got other guys, obviously, so I'm not saying those guys couldn't fill in, but you're losing a lot of production if you're moving Cruz to quarterback, at least at the defensive end position, because I don't imagine you play both ways. That's risking your starting quarterback. So for me, that's kind of where it starts because we saw what Sentinel did. You talk about just the dynamics that that Sentinel offense had last year. You had Dayton Bay that would come in a couple of series and was really, really good. You had Sermon, who was just an absolute athlete, and it was very tough to catch for a lot of defenses. Uh, in double a football so that's a different change but when you look at sentinel outside of billings west who has the most players returning from the all-state team sentinel has six you're talking about charlie kurgan zach cruz ramsey knowles on the o-line you still got some great defensive players like chase williams connor mccarthy as well uh and others so i think for for me the biggest question with sentinel isn't so much whether or not they're going to have a successful season i think How do they replace the leadership? Because they had great leadership last year, especially when you talk about a guy like Gino Leonard. Replacing a guy not only in his production, but at the same time his leadership on defense and for that team, that's just not easy to duplicate. So I think for Sentinel, for me, one of the biggest questions I have for them, and it's obviously not going to be answered in July, but who's going to to step into that role of Geno Leonard? Who's going to be those leaders to really get this team uh, going and at the same time not resting on, okay, hey, we won a state championship last year. Well, that's last year. Well, this is this year. We need to reset and get our minds right that, okay, we were the Kings. Now if we want to stay on top, it's going to take even harder work because everyone is looking at them with a target on their back every single week of the double-A season. Anthony are joining
0: us here on nuanas Now. Anthony, let's talk about Hellgate for a quick moment. Hellgate, under Mick Morris, I think has done a good job considering a lot of the uh, dr- the obstacles they have in their way. The open enrollment in Missoula has not catered to Hellgate football uh, being very successful uh, but they have, you know, they had they had a massive losing streak that lasted for years in a row. But they had a breakthrough a couple years ago where they won a couple of games and it seemed like they had it back on track a little bit. They're they're running this wide open offense where they throw the ball a ton. And last year, Leo Falardi he hauled in twelve passes for three hundred and forty eight yards for the Knights against Kalispell Glacier. Which uh, the three hundred forty eight yards. The 11-man uh, state record in the state of Montana, according to the Montana High School Association. And so I know that they, they need a new quarterback, but it seems like Fulardi, Ian Finch, their two wide receivers, give, he'll get at least some weapons on the outside.
1: Hey, Hellgate's got weapons, and, he, and also and we kind of lost in the shuffle because he got injured early on in the season. But Jacob Sweatland, as well is a big, powerful running back as well. Uh, so, again, that just adds – hopefully he comes back healthy. Hopefully he plays healthy all year long. But I think Hellgate, at least in the last several years, and that's including the Raleigh Rooster teams, this might be their most talented skill position group here this season. As you just mentioned, Pilardi, Finch. I add Sweatland to that group as well. I'm not sure who's – uh, taking snaps at quarterback right now, but if you can get those guys the football in space and allow them to make plays, as you mentioned, Lombardi against Glacier, Finch has been doing it for year for the last two seasons as well. I mean, you look at two of the most productive receivers coming into this season; they have both started for three years. That's Ian Finch and Taco Dowler, and all they have done is put up electrifying numbers. Uh, it's just really, really great to see. And, I, and like I said, I think it's Billings West and Hellgate. When it comes to the best wide receivers in AA football, because they are really, really, really good. I mean, one and two, I don't know, it, it kind of depends on who you're with, how you would cite it, but Billings West and Hellgate, in terms of wide receivers, uh, they may have the two best guys out there. When you look at the two year comparison between Finch and Taco Dollar, Ian Finch has had 95 catches, 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns. Taco Dollar, 91 catches, 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns. I mean, Those are two great wide receivers over the last couple of years. So Finch and Dowler are fun to watch. And like I said, Hellgate, I think has got a tremendous skill position. Ian Finch this season is going to be fun uh, to watch. Uh, For Hellgate, he's going to be a real threat. I mean, you have Filarity with the speed. I mean, Finch can do it as well, but Finch also has a nice big body to go with him so he can make tough catches in traffic. So I think for Hellgate, this is a really, really good opportunity for them to make some noise, and and I think even potentially – Uh, get a home playoff game. I mean, when you're looking at the playoffs this season, you know, top six teams in each conference uh, are going. uh, So all you got to do is try and grab, uh, you know, one of the four seeds that are there, and you're going to potentially get a home playoff game. And I think Hellgate has as good a chance as any uh, to grab that number four seed. I I think, you know, Sentinel, Helena, Glacier, those are the teams that you think immediately are some of the top teams in the West. But I think Hellgate can definitely make a case. And I think they'll be in the mix with Butte and Capital to try and grab that number four seed. Anthony Knockrider is a Class
0: A podcast, Knock On Sports. Joining me here on nuanas Now. And at the, I actually would like to revisit this stuff uh, with you maybe next week as well because I think there's a lot more to hash out here. But we'll get you out of here today on this. Let's talk about the third and final Class Level 18 team from Missoula, Missoula Big Sky. Huge shoes to fill in terms of usage, production, and leadership with Colter, Janet Carroll going to the Montana Grizzlies no longer with the Eagles. Uh, and I know Big Sky is kind of fighting an uphill battle right now as well, but what's your overall scout on Missoula's third Class Level A team?
1: I think Big Sky, I mean, obviously it's tough when you talk about how successful the Jenna Carroll family has been at Big Sky and how big an impact they have made on that football program. But at the same time, too, the cupboard's not bare for this team. Uh, You look at Lewis Sanders, uh, you know, he had 27 catches, 372 yards last year, touchdown did some great things on defense, had four interceptions, was the team leader. He's coming back. you got Trey Reed as well on the outside. Uh, you look at Colby Jensen, the only All-State player for uh, Big Sky last year. He's coming back as well. So while Jack Carroll's not coming back, there's not another one uh, going through Big Sky High School. I-, I think Big Sky has some great talent. I think they're going to be, again, It's going to be really competitive, but again, just like Hellgate, just like Sentinel, they got to figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback position. Again, what kind of size are you going to have up front? So I think, for me, Big Sky, they've got some playmakers. I don't know if they move Reed or Sanders over to quarterback or if it's Jensen maybe. You try to put your athlete in the spot where he can make the most plays. We've seen that in the past in double-A football. So uh, I think Big Sky can be, once again, a very competitive ball club. We saw them put up points last year. Again, they kind of ran into some toughness in terms of the fact they just don't have the depth as a lot of double-A teams. So they got a lot of guys playing both ways, and sometimes that can wear on you by the end of the season, especially in the fourth quarter. But, uh, again, I I think that... Big Sky is going to be tough, uh, no question about that, and it's just going to be really interesting to see uh, what direction Big Sky goes to get these playmakers in space and to see who they have come up, because again, and that's, that's the key when you look at A football. It's like, alright, who can have some of the size? If they've got some big boys up front, that's going to make life so much easier. That's something that Big Sky unfortunately hasn't had the last couple of years, but if they can get one or two guys to have some size up front, that can really open things up uh, for Big Sky. But again, uh, I think the schedule in a way, in a way favors them. Again, when you're talking about Sentinel and Helena towards the back end of their schedule, uh, that's the, the toughest stretch for them. They finish off with a uh, flat at the end of the season, and they open up conference play with Glacier, but they play Gallatin and Skyview. I think two really, really competitive games uh, for Big Sky. So I think Big Sky has got a bright future. I think they've got some really good players that uh, people need to keep an eye on. Knock on Sports,
0: Anthony Knockrunner. He continues to do it. From abroad, but it's great information nonetheless, best in the biz when it comes to covering Class A high school football in the state of Montana. Knack, we're out of time for today, but what do you say? How about we do this again next week? Hey, I'm down, Coulter. Let's do it next week, my man. Thanks so much for joining us, Anthony Knackreiter. Formerly of KGEZ up in the Flathead, he now resides in Florida, and he is doing a great job previewing all the Class AA football action as the season quickly approaching. Team camps start later on this month, and then fall camp starts in August, and the season will be rolling by the end of August as well. And we'll circle back around with Anthony next week. That was part of, because he highlighted all the teams from around the Garden City. We're going to call that our Garden City Spotlight for the week. Garden City Spotlight is presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula. If you're looking for an oral surgeon who offers compassionate care, advanced technology, and comprehensive treatment, Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates is the man for you. Dr. Gene Morris provides a full range of care, including implants, emergency surgeries, and wisdom teeth removal. Dr. Morris and his staff used advanced imaging technology for more accurate diagnosis and effective treatment while also using innovative technologies to treat a wide range of problems. To benefit from this outstanding level of care, schedule an appointment with Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates today. That's OralSurgicalAssociates.com. Proud presenters of the Garden City Spotlight. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. All things baseball, Major League Baseball, Missoula Paddleheads Baseball, everything in between. There's golf at the baseball stadium all week long as well. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. next on nuanas Now. Keep it right here. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat